myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn your luck back and it's all in the past Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Ray. It's Thursday night and I'm always joined by Super Mac and Gibbo. We did have Super Mac here in the green room before the uh, before the show, <laughs> having a casual chat, and then the dog needed walking. So, uh, yes, unfortunately, we've lost uh, Malcolm at the start of the show instead of at the very end. So I'm sure he'll join us. I'm sure he'll ghost in at the back post in about five minutes' time. Uh, but anyone who's going to put a bet on that, John, they've lost, uh, they've lost their money. Oh, absolutely, mate. Uh, this is, he was always unpredictable, Supermac. We've talked about players ought to be unpredictable, like uh, San Maximum, and Supermac was always unpredictable. He always went missing and then suddenly come up and the ball's in the net twice. So he'll be back. There's absolutely no question. He will, he will. Uh, well, I've been for me jab today. I ended up with a Moderna jab. I got the first one um, today. I know, ah. John, you've had both of yours, haven't you? Yes, I have. And I, whoops, wait a minute. I think there's somebody joining us. There he is. There's the man. There's yeah, a, yes. absolutely. Malcolm's been out for his job, Steve. That's what's been going on. He's <laughs> just had the quick I did, job. I did decide to wear my job, uh, job top while I got my job today, lad. So talk about good promotion. The nurse goes, uh, job, I hope you're not going to hit us. How I know I've come to get a bit of promotion for this guy's uh, firm who's one of our sponsors. And he should just start laughing. But uh, yeah, Malcolm, we started. We actually started five minutes late, Mal, so that you you haven't missed anything. We've literally okay. just we've literally just started. So uh, welcome to the show, and uh, good to see you. And um, let's start not with the Super League, but another win for Newcastle, Malcolm. Three two against West Ham, a team chasing, you know, Champions League football. Um, two nil up. Uh, fair enough. Ten men West Ham had, but you know Newcastle then, you know, let it slip. Couple of couple of goals back, two two, and then got the winner. Um, St James's Park's roof would have gone off if we'd all been there. But um, great result, no matter how it happened, it was a great result, and especially with Fulham dropping more points at Arsenal, um, it looks as if Newcastle again this season might just uh, stra uh, struggle and get away to safety. Yeah, it certainly looks like it now, um, and. That was two consecutive wins um, in a row there. So, uh, and that was the first time that they had achieved it since December of 2019. You know, it, so uh, um, it's it's been a long time in coming as that. Um, I thought um, first half, there was some really good stuff going on from Newcastle. But the second half, I really couldn't believe what I was actually seeing with Newcastle 2-0 ahead. And they came out um, and just completely sat back. Um, the, the furthest the, the back line advanced was the D of the Newcastle penalty area. And, and what really annoyed me after the game was that Steve Bruce was really critical of the defense and the way it played and, and its and its positioning. And yet through the game, through that second half, I kept watching to see because uh, um, I could see it was it, they were defending way too deep um, and, then, and and they were just inviting West Ham onto them and it and, and, and they were built Newcastle were building West Ham's confidence for heaven's sake. Um, and, and we should have been pinning them into their penalty area with them being a man down. 
uh, and uh, uh, and I watched Steve Bruce through that second half. He never sought once to get a message on, onto the field, to get the defence pushed up. Dear me, if it was me or, or a host of other managers, um, Sean Dice, for example, he would have been sprinting down the line and screaming across the line for them to get pushed up. He would have been running back towards the dugouts to show them the position that they should have been at. Um, and it wasn't happening. And I, and, and I think uh, I, I just... I, I just hope that um, that Newcastle now, I, I think they've got enough points um, that uh, you can't take anything for granted, particularly when you see that happening. And and it's for all the other teams to see as well. And uh, well done, Willock, um, I have to say. And also, it was a fantastic cross from Richie, who I thought um, played ever so well on the day. I thought he was absolutely terrific, um, and uh, and I thought Sean Longstaff did really well. Um, but it's tactically Newcastle are ah oh, they're, they're just behaving so naively. You know, when you're two nil up, the other side are down to ten men. You you should be pressing them into their own penalty area, not allowing them out. Uh, and that way, West Ham can't score. If they're in their own penalty area, there's no way they can score. But I, I, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. And yet Steve Bruce didn't really seem bothered, didn't look as if he was uh, uh, concerned about it at all. And there was the back, the back four um, in, in there in their own area, not being pushed there, they were there by choice. Um, I, I, I just thought it madness. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, to you know, I, I just I was just pleased at the one. Anything, anything oh, is, sure, you sure. know, any anything for me. The result was the key, and um, but I agree with you. I thought Richie, you know, Richie's made, you know, he's been a massive difference. But I think Sean Longstaff. Just having this chat with somebody coming back along the quayside today uh, about Sean Longstaff and. You know, he had a bad injury. He got criticised a lot by a lot of people. Um, then Bruce obviously hung him out to dry. Um, but fair play to him. He's come back in and he's just gone about his job professionally. And and you know, he's 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 been a, he's been a rock in the centre of midfield really mm. alongside Shelby. Who you know, we're not big fans of Shelby, but um, you know, we're getting the results, Malcolm. That's all that matters. Gibbo, your take on the gear on the game at the weekend? Yeah. I Absolutely delighted. You're right, Steve. The, the only thing that matters at this time of the season is the result. And I think the back-to-back -back wins on top of a good point experience with Fulham continuing to fail right at the death, 97 minutes or whatever, to win matches, I think we're as near as damn it to being safe now. Um which is something that's terrific. But ironically, you know, I don't know what to make when I look back at that game with West Ham because when it was 11 v 11, I thought we were the better side. I thought, and then West Ham, I mean, 
God bless them. Can you believe for Christmas doesn't come with as many gifts as they come with? I mean, the two first goals. I mean, gee, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, honestly, I've seen the kamikaze pilot be more cautious than West Ham were. It was absolutely ludicrous. First of all, the centre-half goes charging in and decapitates Joe Linton, which is wonderful, not because poor old Joe's going to get injured, but because we are going to play against 10 men. And then when when St Maximum, and I'm a huge fan, I've been trumping about him, and by the way, they were terrified to death him early on before he goes into it. But when he actually got into a shooting position, his shot lacked power. I mean, it was there was a centre-half coming back and a goalkeeper. The centre-half got in the way of the goalkeeper. He tried to kick it out. And he kicked it against his own standing leg and went back into the goal. Now, honestly, I mean, Lowell and Hardy couldn't have got more laughs, could they? I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous. And then the next one, there's a corner. Fabianski, who's been terrific for West Ham all season, goes up mm. to collect it under absolutely no pressure and obviously feels terribly sorry for Joel Linton because he hasn't been scoring goals. So he just popped it down to his feet and Joel Linton was behind him and, and scored and were 2-0 up. I mean, I thought, I love you to death, West Ham. You're the, you're the best thing that's happened to us this season. <laughs> it was absolutely ludicrous. Uh, we, we then somehow 2-0 up against 10 men We let them back into the game to 2-2 two -two. Uh, And then Willock come along and, and scored a terrific winner On a wonderful cross, I agree, from Richie And then we got dear old Steve Bruce Coming out with his after-match quotes Which always furnishes us with so many talking points It's absolutely untrue he, he says, for example, he's asked about Joe Willick, and he says, for example, yes, we want to keep him, etc., etc. So far, so good. But he then says, because he's the sort of guy you want to build your team round. Now, he wants to build his team round them so much, he dropped them, and the goals that he scored for us, that been point winners, equaliser against Spurs in the winner, Against West Ham Off the bench But he wants to keep him Because he's going to build his team around him Only he's dropped him Now it, that's like Offering a contract to, to Matty Longstaff And Dwight Gay And then don't play them I mm. mean where it makes sense I don't know What I'm looking forward to this Saturday Playing devil's advocate Guys Is he's got to start with Joe Linton Because we can't get goals up front, never mind from midfield, and this guy's scoring from midfield, so that's a unique situation. So you've got to play him. So now he's got a problem. Does he drop Sean Longstaff, who's done very, very well since he came back, or does he drop the guy that all the fans would, would say drop, which is John Joe Selby, who just happens to be going back to his old club Liverpool and is so loved by Steve Bruce... As far as I can see, Steve's two big loves are Shelby and Joe Linton because he picks them all the time. Yeah, but he's, he loves Shelby so much, he's made Shelby skipper and he's going back to Liverpool. So I don't think he's going to drop Shelby. Do you? I don't no. think on, on the 
I'm not saying well he should, but he certainly won't. And then how does he get Willett back in the side? Oh goodness, this man has scored the winner. I love him to death. I want to build a side round him. And a week later, oh crikey me, how do I get him in the side now? So that's your business. So all, all the side after playing might... in, on the subs bench. <laughs> yeah, Malcolm, um, John, John's touched on it there. Uh, Joe Linton is on fire. Uh, damn squib. When Malcolm, Malcolm, light, Malcolm lit the fire underneath him. Malcolm <laughs> lit the fire. He's, he's, yeah. he's, now, he's now starting to wear that number nine shirt with pride, Malcolm. I, I would have been upset if he hadn't have scored that, uh, that chance at, against West Ham. Dear me, it really was dropped at his feet for him, wasn't it? Turned on a sixpence, Malcolm. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you what, I I I could have I could have scored that one, and uh, yeah, I, I've had two dabs in the old age pension. Yeah, I don't want to be unkind, but no, uh, he scored. Let's, let's say he was in the right place at the right time. Good, that's um, very diplomatic. But look, he, look, fair enough, he was in the right place at the right time. And... Steve, yeah, Steve, I would like to ask another question. I haven't been devil's advocate over Willick. We must get Willick in the team. Oh dear, do we drop Shelby? Let me put you another question here, being a naughty boy. If if San Maximum is declared fit, and please God maybe, if we're ready to start Callum Wilson, how do we get Callum Wilson in the team without dropping Joe Linton? There's another one there. I, I, Steve's not going to Steve Bruce ain't gonna go to sleep tonight or tomorrow night. We're not, how does he get Callum and Joe? Willick into the side, but not drop Shelby or Joe Linton. Now, there you go. Yeah, that's it. It's not easy being <laughs> a manager in Newcastle, is it? Definitely not. Good, good, result, good result, anyway. And uh, eight points, eight points clear. Uh, game in hand on Fulham, and we've got to play them, Malcolm. I think it's, I think it's done and dusted. Um, and and let's hope it is. We'll look at Liverpool towards the end of the show. Let's talk about those two swear words that came out this week: Super League. Uh, Malcolm, what on earth uh, were you thinking when you were sitting having a, a cuppa on Sunday night uh, in between football matches uh, and the news broke of uh, the big six, the top six, although we jokingly say top five plus uh, plus Tottenham. Um, what was your views when you heard about their plans and their formation and, and then saw the, the subsequent fallout? Well, the first thing I did was, was check my day's newspaper of that day to see that it wasn't April the 1st <laughs> because um, as I listened to it I just started to shake my head and and I was saying as I was hearing the news it will never work it can't work they won't allow it to happen um, that was my immediate reaction to it and for for highly intelligent guys who are all billion billionaires, and I'm particularly talking about the three Americans, it just goes to show how they don't understand what they're involved in when it comes to football. There was no way that the football authorities around the world were ever going to allow that to happen. It couldn't happen. And apart from anything else, um, and I have to say, congratulations to Gary Neville, because I thought he spoke absolutely brilliantly. 
um, when asked for his reaction. And he was very critical of Man United in particular. Um, so I, I, I praise him for that. Um, and James Milner, he came out, uh, an, an actual Liverpool player, um, and absolutely condemned the whole thing. Now, that raises a really interesting aspect that if it, if, if it had continued and actually gone ahead, my feeling is that the way the contracts are written and and the club rules and so on and so forth, that the clubs would have been in breach of contract to all their players. And their players could have claimed a free transfer and walked. You know, now, I, I, um, I, I, I really honestly don't think that they have, have seriously thought this through. I don't think they've taken professional advice legal advice um and and because of this and and come on these are serious business people i think well hang on is this just a prelude to something else that's going to to come and hit football um what what can they follow it up with and i can't think of it i have to be very honest um i i it, the whole thing was so naive, I thought these people really can't be serious. Um, and of course, the whole of the whole of, 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 of the football of, of the whole of football around the world literally turned immediately um, on these people. Um, and, and so it was an incredible show of strength by by everybody involved in the game other than than these six now what i really do find interesting is steve that these six now they all the individuals concerned with them have been sacked from any positions that they hold um with within football other than just with the club um the, the football authorities want the want them out and and so wasn't it the big six that were putting the pressure on to um to get the premier league not to allow the takeover to happen yeah, yeah. right so how does that stand now the, you know surely yeah the the interesting thing malcolm the the interesting thing malcolm is that whether it was the big six or not, it was certainly two of the big six and Spurs and Liverpool that didn't want Newcastle United in as big hitters as they may well have become with the Saudis. And they yeah. saw that as a challenge. And the Premier League tried to tell us they didn't have any influence. We know damn well that they did have a lot of influence. And I like to think it's their comeuppance that is happening right now. And a couple of things of issue on the Super League without dwelling on it too big. First and foremost, we're talking about an elite European Super League. You've got Arsenal, you've got Spurs, mm. um, and the Spurs who have never won for ages. And these may not make 
the actual Champions League next season, but they want to be in an elite league with all the rest, self-serving to look after themselves with no relegation and all fenced off. It's the bit I have been absolutely steaming about it because I'm a fan like everybody else. And the one thing football has, why has football been such a wonderful thing? It is held and captivated everybody in the world. I mean, cricket doesn't go to certain countries, neither do certain other sports. We don't take baseball, etc. But football is all over the world. And it's all over the world because people can dream. We're all allowed to have our dreams. Mm -hmm. And that is what why we call it the theatre of dreams, where teams play. We all have got to believe that one day that will be us. And Leicester did five years ago when they become Premier League champions. They did the impossible. They did the dream that we are living. Watched Newcastle win a European Cup. I watched Newcastle play in the Champions League and beat Barcelona and beat Juventus and draw with Inter Milan and beat Inter Milan in the European First Cup the season after we won it. I lived the dream there. I have been I've been a dreamer all my life. I dream of Newcastle winning another European trophy or I die. I dream of Newcastle winning the Premier League and they've never won the top flight since 1927. But I've got a right to believe and that's what keeps me going. I believed when I was 11 years at Gateshead, I believed that we could get Gateshead back in the Football League. The whole reason for us taking part in football is not that your dreams come true, a bonus if they do, but you've got to be allowed to dream. This six said, you lot are going to just make up the numbers. You can't dream anymore. You're not going to get to the top table. Uh, and to do that was it. No wonder supporters were up in arms. And even now on clubs, you've got Klopp come out against it, as well as, as Milner. Yeah. Earler come out against it. Other players come out and nobody wanted it bar the greedy guys that had got their sticky fingers on the purse strings. And you know what, Malcolm, what pleased me, and if, yes, the top Italian clubs followed, and yes, La Liga clubs followed, but what pleased me, Malcolm, was Bayern Munich, who's as big as anybody could keep winning the, yes. the, the European top, and Paris man. Both said no when it was easier to say yes. And more bloody power to them for doing that. Yeah. Yeah, Malcolm, I mean, it's been a, it's been a funny couple of days as well because, uh, you know, for me, if you're going to plan something like this and you're going to announce it, then, you know, I know you're saying that they live in ivory towers and, you know, these guys, you know, don't really know what's going on at street level. But you would think they would have been prepared for some kind of backlash so not to have a, a, a you know, a plan B, a, a statement to release, you know, to back up why they thought it was a good idea. Mm -hmm. It's it's just bizarre. It makes you wonder how these people get into get into these financial realms, Malcolm, doesn't it? Well, it, yes, it does. Um, but it was all so ill-advised. Um, and 
good heavens above, um, they, they, they very soon backed down. That's how ludicrous it was. Um, but I think, well, come on, these are, these are serious business people. Um, they, they, have, they have created success for most of their adult lives. Um, how could they get it so wrong? That's why I, I really have this feeling at the back of my neck that there's something more yet to come. Don't know what it is, but I wait. And uh, I, I hope I just keep waiting that it doesn't come. Um, but uh, I have a feeling that something will. But at, but at, at the same time, do you guys think that the response from football generally um, what, 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 was, um, was the right kind of response. Personally, I thought the way everybody just responded to it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Well, it was it was great to see fans united. Um, you know, I mean, we had the we had the demonstration at Chelsea where you know fans from all kinds of clubs in London, you know, gathered on the ground and, and made a made a point um, of, of you know you got that point across. And yeah, on social media, it was clear that fans were united, and um, you know you know various supporters trusts up and down the country. We had meetings with you know Boris Johnson and with Keir Starmer. I, I went onto a um, onto a, a Zoom call with uh, Keir Starmer. I think it was over two hundred of us on that one and watching it. Um, and, and yeah, look, it was good. It it, it 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 just felt good to be united against it. And I mean, John, I mean you you've watched it as well, like Malcolm and I have, and it it, it was good to see fun. You know, fans getting together um, rather than being against each other. I was absolutely proud of it. And it's what I've said for so long, Steve. People underestimate people power. People in football underestimate people power. They, they, what fans can achieve through getting together. And what was achieved here... The one thing that surprised me is that they capitulated so quickly, that they ran and scuttled for, for cover so quickly, these six clubs, and stacked their hands. But it, it, just talking about where Malcolm was saying with a suspicious mind, what is likely to come up because this isn't going to be the end of it. And Malcolm is quite right to be suspicious because it isn't the end of it. That's what these people do. And the latest mm. thing, Malcolm, which makes me feel that they live on this fantasy island away from reality is that there's now suggestions made by coming out of these six that we now invite Rangers and Celtic down to play in the Premier League because of all the money they would bring with the 50,000 and 60,000 fans, etc. So having attempted to destroy the Premier League by having a union Super League and having burnt their fingers and been ridiculed in public, they now want to destroy Scottish League football by taking their two greatest assets out of Scotland and into this country. And where would that leave the Scottish League having to play without Rangers and Celtic? For the you can't do to do the Premier League and then do this to the Scottish League, sure, it is that, absolutely ludicrous. Yeah, 
I understand. Sorry? But, um, and it, but it, was, it wasn't only, it was just a few years back that it was mooted that, that Rangers and Spurs would actually join the Premier League, wasn't it? And the, and the Scottish Rangers and Spurs, yes, and the and, and the and the Scottish football authorities absolutely wiped it off the face of the earth. Wouldn't they? Wouldn't allow it to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, you, yeah, you predicted this. Right. One of the te- one of the texts that came in there, Malcolm said you predicted this on the three legends fifteen years ago. Um. We were we were talking about about expansion, but certainly what I never thought was that that um, that these these people would would come up with a closed shop. You, you you take away the very essence of footballing competition by creating a closed shop. What they want what what these three American billionaires. Are wanting um, is 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 what the American football um, is played in. It's a, it's a, it's a closed shop. That's it. Um, and there's no um, relegation and promotion um, and what have you. It is. It's the same sides year after year after year. Um, but that's America for you. And all they're doing, they're, they're trying to to Americanize. Um, European football, and there is no way that we'll have it um, because, for one, they they don't understand the psyche of of the game of football as as we all know it, um, and and it exists throughout Europe. I mean, in fact, it exists uh, um, much further afield to that. And John, you you uh, um, you hit the nail right on the. Um, on the head um, when you when you were talking just a few minutes ago um, that everybody gets together and because they can see the injustice of it the Americans can't see the injustice of what they were attempting because that because that's what they've got over in America and they're just trying to Americanize the whole damn thing yeah Crazy, absolutely crazy. I'm sure uh, we'll hear some more on that. And um, got to ask you, I've got to ask you, ask you first, Malcolm. Um, I mean, do you think this is going to, you know, help the chances of the takeover? Because everything's yes. in the, everything's in the open now. Every, every, you know, we can all see who the greedy top six are. We know now that they've been, you know, objecting to the takeover, and that Richard Masters and the Premier League, etc., have clearly had contact with these people you know and and you know i think there's a lot more to come out malcolm I'm, i i think there probably is but uh, um and the inference has been widely publicized um that th- that there were clubs involved in keeping newcastle um away from the takeover stopping that from happening um so dreadfully wrong is that um and i and I really felt that the the best thing the Premier League could do would be to approach Mike Ashley, Newcastle United, and say, "Okay, get the takeover going. We'll, we'll give you a hundred percent support." And I think that that's what the Premier League should do right now. 
Yeah. What do you think, John? Are you more confident now when you've seen what's happened over the last uh, three or four days? I am on several accounts, Steve. Uh, first and foremost, because if these greedy six or the dirty dozen, if we take the, the whole of Europe that was involved, if they had had their way, the incentive or big money takeover of Newcastle by the Saudis or everything is so reduced because you can't get into Europe, you can't win in the Champions League unless you're invited lads and patted on the head and we certainly wouldn't be invited because Liverpool and Spurs tried to stop take over to start with. So be little incentive and if the Six had stayed defiant with the backbone and gone ahead and risked being thrown out of the Premier League. The Premier League was going to be so diluted. How important with, without those six and with having to bring sides up from the championship, etc. How attractive would it have been to a takeover? Now we're back in the realm of the takeover. So, because of the safety we're in, are looking like a good proposition again. And the pressure is on the Premier League. While they're concentrating on the embarrassment and the outrage of this six, they will suddenly start thinking, if we turn down Newcastle again, we are going to look as if we're not in control of our own destiny, etc., etc., after what happened uh, with this Super League. When, let's be truthful, the Premier League were totally blindsided. They were sitting with these wonderful six clubs deciding the future of English football with these six pulling the strings and they were blindsided because the minute these six clubs went out of that room, they were holding their own meetings to tuck up the Premier League and start a European Super League. It is absolutely ludicrous and the Premier League come out of this smelling if that manure were like to put on the garden. Um, it is not on at all and it has helped us. Pray God that we do deserve an even break because it has been terrible. And let us localize the whole thing and say let us not forget, we want Mike Ashley out and I will ask the Newcastle fans do they want to go into next season with Steve Bruce still manager and perhaps the season afterwards because they will have that if they've got Ashley. So we need to try to get this the Premier League to feel so vulnerable about the Newcastle situation that the objections fade away and what should be allowed to happen is allowed to happen and we go ahead because we've got to bear in mind that we have been talking about football matters in the past this season and we've been saying steve and we started at the top of the program with you saying it quite rightly aren't we relieved because it looks now as if we're safe and it does but i'll ask you a question steve we're safe but if it changes, we might again next season. Just yeah, as I mean, we this did is, last this is, season. This is the problem. 
could be in a Groundhog Day situation, John. This is yeah. what could happen. We could we could yeah. unfortunately see arbitration play out and arbitration not go in our favour, which will then mean Mike Ashley will, you know, manoeuvre the tanks uh, and, and hand control over to Nick DeMarco, who will then have to, for want of a better expression, you know, tear the Premier League a new backside. And, and we're going to, you know, we're going to be in a situation where that is going to take a little bit of time. A word that Newcastle fans have become used to with this takeover, be patient, have time. But unfortunately, it would mean that, you know, legally Newcastle would have to go down that route. And, you know, it's clear Mike Ashley wants this takeover. And as long as Newcastle are in the Premier League and Saudi are interested, he's going to fight tooth and nail to get this takeover. And um, it could it could drag on. And I've seen reports, you know, I've seen people put stuff up. It's all very misleading, uh, dates, etc. Nobody knows a date. Nobody knows essentially when um you know when, when you know whether arbitration has started we all we know is that the chair was objected against the chair is now being confirmed which is great in the sense that newcastle have shown that they don't they don't clearly like the person who's been put forward as as that particular chair of the arbitration committee so that person will be under scrutiny but I personally feel that this has been a massive plus for Newcastle United's takeover. And, um, you know, the fact that PIF are just sitting waiting to come back in is is good. So, I, look, it's got a long way to go. I, I want to ask you about punishment, um, Malcolm, um, for the big six. A lot of people asking the question in the chat, what would be a suitable punishment? And, and do you think the Premier League are going to punish them? Because, let's face it, Richard Masters has spent... The last twelve months or or longer, you know, um, you know, allowing the big six to and making allowances for the big six, having meetings with the big six before he has meetings with the rest of the the Premier League, you know, making them special. Yet what they've essentially done is just pulled his pants down with this Super League thing this week. I mean, is he going to punishment? Can he punish them? What would you punish them with? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I I know that that all members of those six clubs. Um, have lost all the posts that they've held with the Football Association, the Football League and Premier League and what have you. Um, so individuals have suffered. Um, yeah, how do you punish six, the, the, okay, the, the big six clubs? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not looking at Arsenal and Spurs as, as, as such because I, th I think that this is all um, very unfair, for example, on Leicester, who, who have been up there for, for a number of seasons now. Um, what do you do to punish them? You know, you don't, you can't relegate them. Do you, do you take points off them? Um, I don't know. I think leave the clubs alone. Go after the individual people who have caused all of this, um, and 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 the most important thing I think is that now um, all fourteen clubs that weren't involved in this are going to be seen in a in a totally different light, and I think that they will have they will have more say um, in how the future goes. Um, that uh, that that those six aren't going to be listened to very much now. And, and, and so the other 14, they should, they should get themselves together and say, right, 
how do we make it even stronger for football in this country? Yeah, um, lots of people suggesting points deductions. No Champions League for three years is another one. John, what's your take? May, well, let me say straight away that, um, you know, Graham Souness came out and um, we've got to remember that he's a Liverpool legend, so he might have some bias in this. And he, he said, well, what you mustn't do is take points off of a club but he's thinking of Liverpool isn't he because you then hit the fans by the points deduction well hey hard lines is what I say lines, pal. I'm not going to necessarily go down that street because nobody worried about the Sheffield Wednesday fans when they got a 12 point deduction mm. and went down or the Burnley fans or a host of smaller clubs that have gone into administration because of the ineptitude of the people that run the club. Nobody said, well, it, it's the people running the club's fault and it's not the club itself. So we'll not give them points deductions because that'll hit the fans. If it was done in their name, they got done. So these are big boys. And of course, nothing will happen to them in terms of points deduction. Do you think the Premier League is going to go have the bottle to do something like that? You know what football lacks? It lacks bottle. That's what football lacks. But they should not get away with this. In hard lines, if it hits the fans, it hit the Sheffield. You go down to Sheffield Wednesday and ask their fans what they think about the situation. All these other clubs got point deductions, but Liverpool can't, a Man City can't, a Man United just does the Liverpool, Man City and Man United. I do not accept that argument. I don't expect anything to happen, but... I don't accept the argument that it shouldn't. I think they need nailing. They need nailing to put... You know why? I'll tell you, Steve, because they were doing it because they wanted to earn a lot of corn. So if they get points reductions and therefore can't get in the Champions League, it's going to cost them a lot of coin. It's going to cost Henry a lot of coin and Glazers a lot of coin, etc. Let that happen to them and see how much they like it. They were going to manure on us. Let's us do it to them. I do like the, the one way, suggestion. Malcolm do definitely like... didn't like that answer. Yeah, oh. Malcolm's, Malcolm's dog needs a, a walk twice, it seems now. Well, uh, let's, hope, <laughs> let's, hope we'll get, let's hope we'll get him back. Um, I, I do like the suggestion by a few of the people in the chat, Gibbo. Um, they should make them sit the owners and directors test again, the people at the top six. <laughs> yeah, the owners and directors test is one of the reasons why our takeover hasn't happened. Why why can't we look at the owners and directors test there? Yeah, absolute good point. I am against, you know, in football, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And if you prove you've got no bottle, you will get destroyed. And we have proved the bottle of the common man, and I consider myself part of the common man, was shown in the last 48 hours because we destroyed the league. Let the league now show the same backbone and say, I'm sorry, you lot. It's no good slap. 
you can't slap the Abramovich or Henry or the Glazers. Do you think they care about that? Hit them where it hurts. Let them know that if they try this again, and they will try it again in some shape or form, they are going to have to pay the cost of it. Yeah, I agree. Um, good stuff, as always, John. Lots of positive comments coming in for you. People love your passion, which is uh, great to, to hear. Big shout-out to SpiderVPN uh, for all your internet security. Uh, they've been sponsoring us for the last three months. Great uh, shout-out to them. Also, a big shout-out to Arcot Interiors. You can find out more about their wonderful kitchens at arcotinteriors.com. Uh, inquiries at arcot.org.uk. Uh, or give them a ring on 0191 265 Eight double six three. Also, a big shout out to uh, John at QTechShop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End in Newcastle, and Ujab Signature, the makers of some fantastic boxing uh, leisure wear. If you're a first time visitor to the channel, hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right hand corner and subscribe. You can also become a member if you hit the members button, make a small donation to the show, and uh, you can also click the like button. Uh, by hitting that little thumb up or click the share button and uh, share uh, the, uh, the the show to your social media. Also hit the comments and uh, in the comments you'll find plenty of like-minded Newcastle fans all with a great opinion. Maybe get your comment on the screen and uh, on the show. We might talk a little bit about what you've had to say uh, tonight. Uh, we're going to uh, look ahead now to uh, the weekend and uh, I'm just pleased to say we're not looking at, looking at this with... Uh, in trepidation, we're not looking at it with with fear, um, because you know the relegation slap uh, trapdoors is almost slammed shut for another season for Newcastle fans, and we can not quite get the flip flops on yet, but it's not far off. Uh, we've got a visit to Anfield though on Saturday. We're facing the defending Premier League champions Liverpool. It's a twelve thirty kickoff, and live coverage is provided by BT Sports this week. We will be doing a match day live on here to talk you through it as well. Obviously, Newcastle have just beaten Burnley and West Ham. We're seeking our third successive Premier League win for the first time since 2018. Uh, early team news, Isaac Hayden and Jamal Lascelles, of course, are still injured. Fabian Shaw, though, is back in training, but he isn't match fit. And confirmation as well that ASM... Uh, who was hobbling a little bit after the game against West Ham last weekend, has also been back in training. And he's also been out and about in the city this week, uh, seen seen by many people on the streets of Newcastle. Um, and uh, lots of people taking photographs of him in various positions, in various places, doing various things. Nothing illegal, it has to be said. Um, and I'm just going to bring up one of the photographs here, John, just to show that he's uh, getting into the Newcastle festivities. He's having a nice cream, mate. Uh, you can't even go for an ice cream without somebody getting a mobile phone out. But uh, ASM, yeah, is uh, is fit and ready to go, um, and uh, hopefully uh, do something that Mirandina did uh, and get a winner at uh, Anfield. That would be nice. Liverpool Joe, have Jordan Henderson, Joe Gomez, Joel Matip, and Virgil Van Dijk all out injured. Curtis Jones is doubtful, and uh, obviously Leeds and Liverpool drew 1-1 on Monday, live on Sky. Uh, Liverpool's recent record um, is one that you would tend to dream of, um, you know, for, for a Newcastle fan. Uh, they managed, uh, managed, managed a few wins in a row, but then uh, they had a whole host of defeats. Andre Marin is the referee. Uh, only the second time we've seen him this season. Uh, the other game was the 2-0 Boxing Day defeat at Manchester City. Uh, and on VAR, we have Andy Maidley. So, a 
a trip to Anfield, John. Usually we're, we're quite concerned about this, but you know what? Liverpool are looking shaky. Newcastle's got a new found, you know, zest about them. We're getting results, we're scoring goals, and you wouldn't write Newcastle off getting something at the weekend. What's your take on it? Well, you were mentioning, Steve, in that build-up to the game, that the fear of relegation is almost gone in your life. You know what I hope? That the fear is almost gone out of Steve Bruce because we don't need to go to Liverpool with fear. The only thing that's fearsome about Liverpool is the name Liverpool. They are not this side that they were when they were champions last season, when they won the European trophy a couple of seasons back. And when Newcastle had that awful run recently, when in 22 games, we only won about twice. One of the reasons for that, in my humble opinion, was that we were timid. We were both timid tactically, five at the back, two sitting midfielders, one up top. We were timid tactically and were timid in our approach, the way we approached the game. We played with fear. There is no need to play with fear at Anfield because they're not the team that they were. They lost six home games on the top. You believe that? It's almost unbelievable. There are six on the top, culminating only last week with getting beat at home by Fulham. And we're all grateful to Fulham for the fact that they can't win. They won one nil in Anfield. Mm. And, yeah. and why are they not the team they were? Because the cop isn't full of wonderful vibrant supporters anymore it's deserted they've got no centre-halves van dyke's gone joe gomez is gone joel Matip is gone the midfield general jordan henderson hasn't been there for the last month and the famous three even the famous three up front on scoring goals the way they did they're scoring a lot more goals in newcastle's front three but they're not scoring the way they did so there is genuine hope to be there as long as we decide to have a pop at them. We don't go there and tuck the fall off and say, we're very happy to be here, you're the champions, you can duff us and we'll go home. We can't defend for 90 minutes against them. There's no reason why we should try. If we go there with the attitude that, in fairness, recently we had. But you know what? What worries me is that Steve Bruce could look at this and we're just, when we were in West Ham, they were fourth top. But somehow, in your mind, they're still West Ham, aren't they? They're not awesome, they're West Ham. Liverpool, some teams play the name. They don't play the team, they play the name. And Liverpool frightens them. We should not be frightened and we should not instill in the 11 that's picked the fear that we've got to defend, 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 defend and we may if we get lucky next something. We have got to go out and play them. They mm. haven't got any centre-offs. Let them worry about San Maximum, Almir and hopefully Wilson. Let them worry about that and us worry about their front three. And let's see what happens. This is almost a free hit for us because we've got 
nine. We've got six, seven points out the last nine. We look as if we're going to be safe. This is almost a free hit. Let's have a pop. Let's see what happens. Let's see how much they like our front three running it there. Um, makes back rather than us worrying about their front three running at us. Let's have a pop. It's a free hit. If we approach it right, we've got a chance. If we approach it with trepidation, we've got no chance. Mal, you've got a you, you've got a good history against Liverpool, mate. Uh, you, you've you've done the business against them on your debut in your home debut. But uh, yeah, look, I'm I'm confident going into this game. Liverpool aren't on pulling up any trees at the minute. Mal, what's your take? Um, no, they're not. Um, they are still a good footballing side. Um, it has to be said. Um, but I, I just hope that the second half that Newcastle played. It's a lesson learned for Steve Bruce. Can't sit back. And after and after the game, he was naughty because he um, he blamed a back four for dropping off. Um, and yet through the second half, he, he didn't do anything to get them pushed up. Now, uh, and if they if they sit back against Liverpool, then New, Newcastle haven't got a chance. You've got to push. The, the the Liverpool um, forwards as far away from your penalty area as you possibly can, and keep pushing and pushing, um, and and that gets you more into contact with the midfield who are in better contact with the forwards, and and, and the forwards are then playing on the edge of the the, the, the Liverpool penalty area, and, and and then the pressure is on Liverpool. And and if Wilson, it would be it would be good if Wilson is back, and with Elmer on and um, running in the way that he's doing, and and St Maximin, um, then uh, 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 Newcastle could cause all sorts of problems. There's no, I don't think there's the confidence at Liverpool that we've seen in the past, uh, uh, and and. If Newcastle get at them um, rather than sit back, then we've got a chance. But I'm, I'm, I'm just, I can't wait to see what happens at the start of the game because has, has Steve Bruce learnt his own lesson about def the defence sitting back? Has he learnt his own lesson? Because... Because he was critical of them sitting back after the game, but he did nothing during the game, and that's what I just find it so much of a conundrum um, with this fella. Uh, push up, you've got a chance. Drop off, you're going to get murdered. Yeah, that's it. I, look, nothing ventured, nothing gained. We don't go into this concerned about you know. You know, we're league position at the moment, and um, you know, we've given ourselves a huge chance of staying up, Mal. Probably one mm. more win and another defeat for Fulham, and that's, it's mathematically impossible, I would say. And, and they're not yeah. going to, they're not going to overtake sure. us. There is just one thing, though, that I that I would add, and that is that Newcastle's goal difference isn't um, isn't the best. That's for sure. And and you never know what what can happen between now and the last game of the season, um, and and I would hate to think that in that last game of the season, that it could 
just come down to 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 goal difference because Newcastle's isn't good. So playing at Liverpool, yeah, they've got they they've got to contain Liverpool and do everything they can to stop them from scoring. But at the same time, got to get forward, got to go and score goals themselves. Uh, um, and I, I think that's vital. I've, I've seen seen too much of Newcastle just sitting back and the forwards uh, um, that they're almost strangers to the rest of the team because they're so ill supported so so non-supported um, uh, and if Wilson's coming back in um, the least the team can do is get is get pushed right up and get playing around him. Uh, and give him as much support as, as is possible. Yep. Prediction then, uh, Gibbo, from you? Well, it'll be one of two things. We'll either get slaughtered 3-1 and be lucky to get one if we go there with the wrong, up, the wrong attitude, or we'll surprise everybody and get something out of it. And you know the only guy that can tell us in advance what that's going to be would be Steve Bruce at mm. his press conference tomorrow morning. Of course he won't, because he won't be asked the question, first of all. And secondly, if he was, he would give the political answer, not the literal one. Uh, it all depends on the attitude we go out with. If we go out without fear, we've got a genuine chance. If we go out without fear. You know why? Because the longer the game goes on, fear will creep into Liverpool because of those six results, those six defeats on the top that they had at Anfield. But if we at all are apprehensive, they could come strong and find a feet again because Klopp has said the six games they are now facing are six cup finals because they've got to get in the Champions League. Ironically, says that by the way, when the one his club wanted to get rid of the Champions League in their own competition, but that wasn't Klopp's fault, that was Henry's fault. But however, how ironic that is, it's six cup finals when, as far as Henry's concerned, there's no cup finals. But the point is, it all depends on the way we play. We've got a chance if we go out there and we lack fear. If we have fear, we get well cuffed, man. So it, it is going to be very interesting. Steve Bruce, over to you, my friend. Willick or Shelby? Or Linton or Wilson? Give us a team, give us a performance, and we'll see what happens. Okay, Mal, your prediction? Newcastle sit back, they'll get beat 4-0. If they push forward and look to put the pressure on the new on the Liverpool back four, um, then I, the the worst I'll get is a draw, uh, and and I can I can see that I can see there there being goals. Um, I'm going to go for uh, a one-all draw in the end, um, and I because I'm. I really don't know what Steve Bruce is going to do, um, you know, and, and I think we've seen so many cock-ups from him 
um, that uh, I've just got this horrible feeling he's gonna he's gonna do it again. <laughs> well, let's hope not. Let's hope not. Let look. We've got breathing space, lads. We're a lot happier than we were a few weeks ago. Joe Linton's on fire. Um, looking looking like he might get the golden boot. Um, and all's all's good uh, on any UFC Matters podcast. Uh, good to see you, lads. Have a good weekend. Um, I'm hoping I don't have any ill effect of this jab. Uh, I'm back tomorrow, uh, 5.30, uh, with the three amigos, and uh, Keith is dropping in again from NCSL. Also going to have John Woff on tomorrow night uh, from the Magpie Group. We haven't had John on for a while, so it's going to be great to catch up with John. He'll be giving us his views on uh, the recent events with the Super League, the takeover, and uh, anything else you want to find out about. So looking forward to uh, having John back on. Uh, it's always good. Lots of positive comments coming in. Lots of people saying brilliant show. Thanks very much. Hit the like button before you go as well, guys. Uh, very, very important. But uh, I'll see John and Malcolm again next week. Take care, lads. All right. Hopefully a win. God bless. Fingers. God bless you, lads. All right, lads.